Hi, and welcome to the Silver Screen Queens podcast. Every week we watch a movie and sit down here to talk about it. I'm Mel. I'm Katie. And we're your hosts. This week we watched Trainwreck, directed by Judd Apatow and released in 2015. Trainwreck is still in the cinemas, so if you haven't seen the movie, uh, we're going to talk spoilers in this episode, so maybe come back when you have. We are going to talk spoilers, however... It's a romantic comedy. You pretty much know what's going to happen. <laughs> yeah, if you're worried about – maybe we should use the same spoiler warning we did on Magic Mike, which is if you're worried about spoilers, yeah. because reading Magic Mike spoilers would not spoil that movie for you. And honestly, no. reading spoilers on this point. No, because, I mean, you know what's you. going to happen. It's a romantic comedy. There's a guy and a girl, and at the beginning they don't seem well-suited to each other, and then they like each other, and then they have some sort of fight or breakup, and then at the end of, end of it one of them does a big gesture to get the other one back, and they get together again. I'm sure. Well, look, I'm not going to bother reading the plot summary. <laughs> it took me so long to write this plot summary because everything I got from, uh, like, I looked at what came out from the studio and from IMDb, and they're all kind of slut shamey. So I didn't really, it was really hard to write. I ended up writing, Amy writes for a crappy magazine, but she has a pretty fun life in New York City, drinking, getting high, and getting laid. Right up until the day she's sent to interview a charming sports doctor. Mm. But that was that was like his, the least slut shamey version most of them said things like she, uh, there was one that used the phrase career woman another one that's like party girl and things like that and i was just like uh, really and then, well, then something mean, about kind of learning to career act woman like the bit where she up, walks out on his up. speech because she's getting a phone call from her boss mm. is like kind of career woman-y but other than that i wouldn't I, have I said just, career uh, woman. i just don't like that that turn of phrase because I know, you never because talk it, about yeah, men who career are, men. Yeah, career men. You kind of do. <laughs> Working dads. You kind of do, actually. Because you, when you talk about like workaholics, workaholics and stuff. Yeah. So if you called her a workaholic, but she's not really. No. But I mean, you, they do have term, f- terms of phrases for mm. men as some, well. But career woman always implies career phrases. woman over like yeah. family and Yeah. And like, so there was, it was a really kind men. of. Men. <laughs> yeah. Basically. It was, and it was, I thought it was very loaded. Because it's kind of like she has this fun life that she's really enjoying. She's dating this guy who's in the closet, played by John Cena. See, we don't know if he's in the enough. closet, though. <laughs> yes. it's, it's like he never comes back, which is actually something that, like, when I thought about it later, I was like, I was really disappointed that John Cena never came back because he was funny. Yeah. And know, another wrestler and who, also, is, who is destined for great on-screen things, I reckon. Yeah. He's so funny. He was very funny in this movie. And he had a lot of charisma and he was really likable, even though he was kind of a jerk. So he, <laughs> he did a good job in this. I liked hmm. him in this. But yeah, like the kind the thing is like her life is not I, she just living her, her life. Life's she's fine. Not, she's not it's not a train wreck. She just goes out a lot, drinks a lot, no, gets I high, think, like whatever. I feel like the train wreck thing more applies to when she and uh when she breaks uh, up with him. No, I mean I think the movie was saying that it was yeah. her before that, but I think that she becomes a train wreck when she like her so this is spoilery. Her dad dies. He had a mess for the whole movie, right? And, you know, he's kind of a jerk, but she loves him. And then he dies and she kind of goes off the rails a little bit. Mm. And then after that, she's really stressed out. There's a lot of pressure being put on her at work. So then she does the walking out on um, Bill Hader's speech. I can't remember his character's name. Mm. Something boring like Mark or Daniel. Some, or- yeah, it is. It's, it's like... John Ad- Aaron or... Cooper or something. something yeah, really Aaron boring. Aaron Connors. Aaron Connors. There you go. Is it? Yes. Wait, is no, that yeah, the right. name of the boyfriend from um, Mean Girls? Or I have no idea off the top of my head. Oh, I think he's played by Aaron Samuels. Oh, okay. And that's where I'm. <laughs> maybe. Anyway, um, 
so he, she walks out on his speech and then she uh they have this big fight it makes him too tired to do an operation that was important to him he comes home um they continue the fight a little bit and then she keeps pushing him away and then so she breaks up with him basically and then she really goes off the rails and mm. tries to sleep like nearly sleeps with Ezra Miller yeah. and uh like that's the real train that's wreck. a train wreck like yeah. that's her being a train wreck because she is just like purposefully ruining everything and purposefully going out of her way to to make bad decisions and yeah. stuff like that because she's unhappy about I mean there's a lot of stuff yeah. that's been going on for her and also she's mean <laughs> yeah she, I mean that part she's really mean yeah so, yeah so at that point I was like yeah this is like an, the an title now trailer. applies yes yeah I'll, but before that she was fine well yeah and I think I'm assuming she wrote it to interrogate ideas about what a train wreck is Mm. Um, so I was fine with that, but I was not fine with Universal putting their press releases in such a way as to to not really interrogate that. And, well, that's the it, thing; yeah. it ends up being quite conventional. The whole the story is essentially that she does settle down into monogamy and family and all that sort of thing. Yeah. Well, I mean, the story is it ends with her getting back together with him. Yeah, but also and wanting also, to try to uh, and re, um fixing the relationship with her sister and the her stepson and her, that's true. Yeah. But I mean, I don't see that as necessarily like she will have a family so no, much. No, but as it's more starting. Just, it's she starts to value her sister and the sister's husband and the sister's stepkid and all and the yeah. baby and all that, which is is you know taking on family as a value. She'd always valued family because she's the one who did the bulk of the caring for their dad when he was sick. But she, I think, comes to accept it in a more conventional way. Which, to be fair, he's really mean to her sister. Like, and he doesn't mean. I mean, he's he's an interesting character. I quite liked the family dynamics, but I can understand. Where the sister's coming, Brie Larson plays yeah, the sister really well. Kim, and she is—it's totally understandable that she wouldn't want much to do with the father, c- mm. considering whenever she's around him, like she's about to, she she's about to tell him she's pregnant, and you can see there's all this like dread and fear about her telling him. And then there's all this relief when he's like, "Oh, that's great," and then immediately he goes, "I'll finally have a grandchild." Yeah, and she's like, "No, you already have a grandchild," like because. Because she has the stepkid as a grandchild, yeah. Yeah, and she she thinks of the stepchild as being her child and yeah. stuff. So, and he just doesn't have any time for that. So, I mean, I can see what where she's coming. Yeah, from. and he's he also was, you know he's a jerk, and an alcoholic, and, and a racist and a sex. I I know. Yeah, the the dad storyline does hit rather close to home for me. Mm. But um, like I sort of there's a there is that sort of value change of of her starting to value the sister and that whole. Or it's thing. more just starting to realize that her sister's life is good in its own way too. And she's yeah, and it's okay for her sister to have made that choice. And yes, um, and you know, she even does. if you don't particularly care about having kids, you can be excited for your sister right. having a kid. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, Cause, and cause, when the little boy makes the like mind. Craft plan Aww. of a house that she can come and visit in. Well, the, and the little, but the little boy and the sister's husband are always trying so hard as well. They're always like, yeah, the sister's husband makes that really off-color joke though. Um, when he's talking to Bill Hader in the house, and oh he's, yeah, yeah, he about makes the joke about keeping her, keeping Amy away from yeah. the yeah the basketball. Yeah, he team. does. But I mean, like before that though, we we only ever see like she Amy's always only ever pays attention to her sister and the husband and the kid are always like sort of left hanging behind but then of course there's that whole thing about amy never gets any time to herself with her sister but they there's that they do try yeah yeah what what you're seeing there is like the husband and the stepkid are trying to make friends with her 
and she wants to have time just with her sister. And there's like this, yeah. but, but, but Kim also wants her to like the husband and the stepkids. So they're always yeah. around. So it's like maybe once she likes them, then they can be like, okay, well, you guys can have time together. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I um, think your cat is eating your hair. He is trying. I'm going to put in a bun <laughs> so that he eats it less. Um, yeah. So you just mentioned off color jokes and you've, you've reminded me of what. <laughs> There were a lot of off-color jokes in this that just kind of, some of which were just like, oof, I am not sure I feel comfortable with this. Yeah, um, I mean, there were some that were really pointed, mm. like Amy and her dad are similar and they're both kind of jerks yeah. and they're both kind of, you know, racist jerks yeah, and then a lot of the time. Really- but then that's interesting because Amy actually later on in the movie makes a specific point of telling her dad to stop being racist where mm. earlier on in the movie she was kind of in on it. Yeah. So I think that's interesting that it's like something that she's recognized as something yeah. wrong with herself and that may be reflecting Amy Schumer's real life. Yeah, and she mentioned because she's been in trouble a couple of times for racism. So mm, yes, not that there are any major characters of color other than LeBron James in this. LeBron James is pretty great. Yeah, but yeah, there are playing himself. Any. He's he's fabulous, actually. He also well, the whole cast has is really a career post sports. Yeah, the whole cast is really good. Um, LeBron James is great. Uh, he has like there's a lot of little. I mean, obviously he's not playing himself, but there's a lot of little character quirks that are really neat. LeBron James playing LeBron James. <laughs> yes, but yes. he is playing LeBron James, but he's not playing himself yes him, it's like the you know the caricature type thing yeah mm, that's yeah. what i meant but he does a really good job of it it's almost you know matt leblanc standard <laughs> and then you've got like tilda swinton completely unrecognizable as her boss and you've got Do ezra we... miller in like a minor role in as the assistant mm. the intern yeah um oh the god T- tilda swinton was just amazing i feel like i've met that person <laughs> That, like, dodgy English magazine editor type caricature of a person. I feel like I've met her. And too much fake tan and too much fake hair. And it was just amazing. She did such a good job. Yeah, she was really, really good and really funny. And uh, I don't know the name of the actress who plays Amy's friend at the magazine, Nikki, but she was mm. funny too. Brie Larson is great, does a lot of the dramatic heavy lifting in mm. the movie. And Bill Hader is really talented. He was in a movie called Skeleton Twins that I saw last year, and he was really, really good in it, really good in it. And mm. then the, he made some choices in this movie that I just really enjoyed, like little things, because Aaron doesn't have a whole lot. I mean, he's like, they even say he's boring, you know, and he, mm. he's supposed to be kind of the opposite of Amy and that he's very settled and very caring and very, like, solid and yeah, kind of boring. Dependable and, yeah, all that stuff. <laughs> well, she's hardworking too. I think it's more the kind of dependable, like, yep. he, he that will, guy. Yeah. The, the traditionally female role, really, mm. a lot of in a lot of ways. But, yeah, so he, he makes little choices. There's this really, really wonderful moment when they're having the fight and he goes, my parents are happy, and he does this kind of tiny little eye flick to the side and then it just yes! keeps going like, it, that, like yeah. you know, that wasn't a part of it. But it's just a really good little moment that uh, he puts in there. It, it is. He's really clever. And it's one of those things where that was probably something that Apatow's style of directing sort of allowed to happen. It's also something I don't like about Apatow's style of directing because it means his movies go on too long. But that thing where they just left the camera on just a little bit longer to see what the actor would do with it, and he mm. just did something really clever. I, I was never that into Bill Hader when he was just doing sort of um, sketch comedy type stuff, but since he's been acting, he's really got some versatility. He does. I'm I'm really interested to see what he does next. Mm. And Amy Schumer getting to do her like big breakout film role yeah. is very funny. She's very funny and yeah. very like sharp and uh, – very aware of what's going on around her and that sort of thing. Mm. Um, but she wrote the script and it's a good yeah. script. It's really solid. There's yeah. only one 
minor quibble that I have with it, which is that at one point there's a fourth wall break where she's talking directly to the audience mm. because she's talking about a montage that she's in. Yep. You know, when they, they do the love montage and she's like, here we yep. are by yep. this yep. and that yep. sort of thing. I didn't like that very much because it didn't happen at any other point. Like at all the rest of the points, it's a narration, but not a fourth wall breaking narration up until that yeah, point. Yeah, and it would have been probably, it actually probably would have been great to have a couple of more of those fourth wall breaking narrations, especially because, I mean, the script is good because it's very conventional. It it follows the formula to a T, and it really knows what it's doing in terms of telling the story. I think it would have been good to break that a couple and story more. beats. Yeah, but it would have been good, I think, to have that fourth wall breaking a little bit more often. Yeah, you either don't do it or you do it more than once. Yeah, basically. Exactly. And I think that would have worked well for her, but I mean. Maybe it was just something in the, you know, it was their first time or it's a first first movie or it's a something like that. They might not have thought to, they yeah. might not have given it all the all it had. Yeah, I had, I thought the story was actually really well done. It's if I have a quibble, it's with the direction because it goes. It's it's Judd Apatow. So every there are too many scenes that go on a little bit too long, and then a couple that are just unnecessary altogether. Yeah. Yeah, uh, the um, the there's a scene towards the end which is just to drag out the breakup for longer and to I don't know it's it's but you said it was supposed to provide a counterpoint to one of Amy's scenes, but to me it didn't do any of that because all it is is LeBron James gathers together some sports Chris Everett people and Matthew Broderick who and seems Matthew to be Broderick. playing Matthew Broderick. He is playing Matthew and Broderick. a sports commentator called Marv Albert who commentates the whole thing, which is, I guess, another they try to break the fourth wall there. But the whole scene's unnecessary though because Aaron doesn't need an intervention. No. Like they, they, LeBron says something like, you know, Aaron, you made a mistake here. You don't just give up at the first hurdle. But Aaron's like, we've just seen two scenes where Aaron said, no, Amy, you can't give up at the first hurdle. We're just having a fight. We have to work through this. Yeah. So it, it was a bit, bit unnecessary. Sorry, and I think it was just maybe they had these two sports people and they wanted to add them into it because they had a few other real sports people in there as well, like Amare something or the other who he does is, has surgery and obviously LeBron and mm. uh, various others who were real sports people playing themselves. But it, that was one of them. And I think the one with um, uh, on the subway, which is funny because you get to see a couple of slightly famous actors being on the subway with Amy Schumer, but it was also like one of those. That was ki- I feel like that was kind of pointed just in the fact that it's showing – like, because she can't get a cab, so she has to go on the subway and then she's taking a long time to get there and stuff. So it's just trying to ramp up the tension of, like, it's taking her longer than she wanted to get there and she may not get there in time to do her big yeah. moment, right? So, I mean, I get at least that's got some kind of, like, it, it's part of the forward momentum of the plot. Yeah. Like, they would have had to show her doing stuff anyway Yeah, yeah. in order to and get they, there. Yeah, and, and that's I suppose that's not as much of a problem as it just ran on a bit too long. There were certain yeah. scenes, like, there's the first time she sleeps over at Aaron's place, there's this whole long bit about how she doesn't want to cuddle and she doesn't want a spoon and she keeps pushing him further away and wants him to stop breathing and all this kind of stuff. And that all one, of the sex scenes went on too long. And there were, it was all it was yeah it smacks of um, Judd Apatow style, which is he he knows he's got great improvisers, so he keeps the camera running. He does more takes than he needs, and he lets things go on longer than they're written for and that sometimes that yields really good results but he never edits it in yeah he always just lets it run till he gets the result that he's he was excited about getting yeah it's that weird thing Tighten, in the audience tightening up it's that weird thing where everybody's like ha 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 yeah <laughs> it's just jokes that go on too long i mean <laughs> i think oh good there's a new scene <laughs> i mean there's definitely a like 
Oh, there's a lot of comedians who do that kind of thing. You, um, a lot of those Saturday Night Live type comedians are actually big on the whole letting a joke that run on slightly too long, and I'm not a big fan of it. But with a movie as well, just tighten that shit up. Well, it depends on the joke. There's certain ones when I thought it was really funny, like when uh, Fat Amy does it in uh, Pitch Perfect 2, when she's going up and singing the song to her boyfriend. Yes, yes, yes. And, like, she has to cross a lake and then a road and she has to wait for a car. And, like, that, for me, was really funny. Yes. But I think it's because the song was also still going on, so there was still something to keep it going. Yeah, whereas, like, two talented improvisers kind of riffing on each other. Oh, and you also knew there was an end point. Mm. She had to get to him. Yeah, whereas he kind of just lets them riff on, which is great, and you do get really good results that way, but... Yeah, cut it down to the good results. Yeah, exactly. That's what I mean. Cut it to and, splice in the good and funny. And for a bit romantic with- comedy to run, I think around a full two hours or very very close to, mm. it's um it's a bit long. Could yeah, have just I, gone for ninety minutes happily. It, I did like I went out to the bathroom at one point at exactly the point where I was like, this movie's going on for too long because they hadn't had their fight yet. Yeah, and yeah. I was like, oh, they're still gonna have to fight. <laughs> Get back together. Well, and and but I was I like, think- they must be the, then. And I was like, the baby shower must be the the catalyst for the fight, and it wasn't. And you're like, wow, we're still going. Yeah. Uh, also, there was another bit where I thought something was going to happen. I thought that she was going to have to choose between being mean to him in the piece that she wrote about him mm. or and quitting her job. Mm. So I thought that Tilda Swinton was going to be like, no, no, you have to do this piece and be mean to him in it mm-hmm. or we'll let you go, we'll hire somebody else. How she actually loses her job is kind of weird and stupid. I mean, it does. it is a an example of her making well, the bad the choices. It's the proper train wreck thing. Yeah, really. exactly. But at the same time, it's not something that she had that much control over. Mm. Like – because the thing is that Ezra Miller says, do you want to have sex? And they go off and, you know, they warm up for it. <laughs> and uh, and it turns out that he's 16. Mm. And that's why she gets fired. Oh, and also because she, she punches hit- him. Because well, she punches him because he hits, hits her. her. Yeah. It, that's not something that she made the choice to. Well, she yeah, made no. the choice to have sex with him, which would have been a bad decision, but it wouldn't have been like she had no idea how bad this decision was. So I don't like that it was kind of out of her hands, but that's well, I mean, the, another there's also, minor quibble. There's also discussions that- in there around consent and who like when you're the adult you've got to make the decision to back off and things like that but she I mean she doesn't but that's the know thing is she doesn't 16. know he's 16 and also um, he doesn't look 16 because Ezra Miller isn't 16 mm. so like yeah there's no yeah. Well, we don't know he's 16 either we have no indication of that that's going to happen either mm. like we're not going oh this is a you know yeah this is going to end in disaster <laughs> it's just kind well, of we like, think it's going to end in disaster we just don't realize not that what way. kind of disaster it's going to end in yeah and that scene is so weird and it goes on for so long yeah, and i know they cast ezra miller specifically for so that scene weird awkward gross stuff yeah it, they did because yeah. ezra miller is always cast as weirdos and because he looks unusual so because when he was in his very first scene and i thought it was like he, he wasn't really going to be a role this this intern and i was like is that ezra miller because and then you're like, row row. <laughs> yeah. Mm. I was like, why is he in this? <laughs> yeah. So I really love the Daniel Radcliffe cameo. Oh, yes. We finally learned what those Central Park dog walking photos were from. <laughs> Both of us out loud in the movie. <laughs> oh, went, that's oh. what that is. <laughs> yeah. Like, finally, we know what that's. that's 
it's Daniel Radcliffe and Marissa to me making a movie about being a dog walker and being and a, a black and white indie movie. Oh my gosh, that was great! It was really great. Dan- I love that Daniel Radcliffe is just up for. He's always up for making fun of his own his own industry, his own his own persona as well. Yeah, those bits were very funny. Yeah. Um. And and there was some really like there was this really sharp bit of satire during the um the baby shower as well, where these other women just sit there and tell Amy how her life hasn't begun yet because she hasn't had children. That I very much relate to that story that part of mm. the story being like 30 something and hearing all these other women going oh my gosh my life hadn't begun until i had children and just like oh fuck off it was just just a very sharp wonderful bit of satire yeah i mean it's fine if you want to have kids just well no but that's the thing like that it's not the i really enjoy having kids and it's great it's someone saying I really enjoy having kids, and because you haven't, you've made the wrong choice. Yes, that was that part. point. Which is the same thing that happened in Jurassic World, only mm. this one satirizing it. Yeah, and this, but this one, she knows what she's doing. Because um, Amy Schumer is, I think, around our age, and I don't think has kids. So she's probably had to sit through a few of those. Yeah. There's a lot of really funny stuff and really clever stuff in this movie mm. that makes it, like, because I'm not a huge romantic comedy fan in general, but this I found very enjoyable, and I... I laughed a lot in this movie. And at things that I didn't think were going to be funny, like you've got all the stuff that you know is going to be funny, mm. but there's also like little character bits and, and stuff like that where like it's funny because you feel like you know Amy or it's funny because you feel like you know Aaron because yeah. you spent a lot of time with them, <laughs> which I yeah. thought was really nice. Mm. That's like a really clever kind of comedy that it's like really character-based. Mm. Um, and that also meant that I felt genuinely sad when her father died yeah. and at the funeral and stuff which was really nicely handled because Amy just almost can't be serious for it. Yeah. And yet she has to give the eulogy. And she does a really good job of it in the end. Yeah, she does. But only, like, that eulogy goes on for a while of her just bashing her father for a while. Yeah. And then going, well, he was one of my favourite, he was my favourite person and yeah. that stuff. It, so it, it works was, really well. Yeah, that whole, I think the whole um, father storyline was very well handled. Again, it's very relatable, that whole, like, having to clean out your parents' house kind of thing. That's always a good, um, there's particular life stages that, translate well into stories and that's one of them yeah i think even with the finale though it goes on a bit too long like the finale yeah. scene is really funny and then it goes too far she does too stops many being funny yeah, too many dances too many things like you- no even with just the dancing i was fine with that but then i was like oh it's over now they're gonna have their conversation and then she goes back and does a like flip thing and mm. hurts herself and you're like that was unnecessary yeah no, it, it was done you were finished well, and because stop they did- bringing us back to these and they jokes. did the good the, the rebel wilson type thing where she was was like, no, I have to finish the routine, which is cute and funny and that works well. But again, that went on just a little tad too long. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's always just that little bit too long. And it's, it means that Bill Hader has to stand there reacting for a really long time yeah. as well and not doing anything, um, which he's very good at. But mm. still, I really like still the that's... moment um, when she hyperventilates at the, the – like, so that she's just – he's showing her around the um, sports – Oh, yeah. Medicine place yeah. that he works at. And he's like, she's being funny, making jokes the whole time. Yeah. And he's trying to tell her about his job. And then he puts her on this walking machine mm. to show her what she walks like. And she does all these funny walks and it's super cute. Mm. But then she gets a text about her dad. And she has and a, she essentially has a panic attack yeah. and starts hyperventilating. That was very well handled, I thought. Yeah. Because you it's, so um, it's quite a, a panic attack isn't as dramatic as it sounds. And it's kind of, it was well done, I think. And, the, and also his response to it, of course, which was adorable. Yes, exactly. Like it was because, you know, you always have that moment in these movies of like somebody is sad and then the other one has to comfort them or mm. whatever. Um, but it was like 
a really kind of understated version of that. Like he wasn't overly, uh, you know, sappy or anything, mm. but he was just like the right amount of there for her and stuff. So cute. And yeah. I liked it a lot. And, and then, then I like, like the scene when they were in the hospital and she was like, I think we should break. I don't think we should see each other again. Last night was a mistake. And he's like, yeah, I think you're wrong. <laughs> yes. <laughs> no, I think I'd like to date you. Yeah. He just, he's just like, no, I'm not, ha- I'm not having your bullshit. She, he knows she's just, she's just bluffing. Yeah. But there's also the fact that like she clearly likes him when she asks her. If mm. she likes him, she says yes. Yeah. So it's not like he, she's, you know, said, no, I don't want to date you. And he's like, no, you have to date me. It's more like she, he knows that she likes her, him and she keeps saying she likes him. So he's like, well, why don't we date? Mm. Yeah. There's not really a good reason for us not to date. Mm. So yeah. There were also, there are bits that were actually cut because I, I saw the trailer again recently. Um, oh, right. and there's a bit, um, from the trailer where she says, he, he, uh, the guy that she sleeps with on Staten Island, which is also <laughs> very funny. He's like, I, ha- I have tickets to this thing. And she goes, yeah, that's not going to happen because we're never going to see each other again. <laughs> but I really liked and that's not in the movie. All right. That whole opening scene. I really enjoyed basically because she gets to this guy's house, makes him go down on her and then just fakes this fake sleep. <laughs> and I was so proud. That was so very happy. funny. And taking the tourist ferry back to the back to Manhattan as well. That was pretty funny. But the thing that I liked about that is that it's not like, it's not really walk of shamey because she's like, yeah, I'm on the tourist ferry and I'm having a good time and whatever. And she just does it. Yeah. She's just like, oh, well, this is, how, I guess I got to get back to, yeah, back home. It was great. Um, I want, I don't remember what else. I'm not feeling uh, There well. was something. I like the relationships with women as well. They, there were a lot of, mm. like, it, it wasn't an overly dude heavy movie. There are a lot of women that were like, that Amy has relationships as, with as well. Yeah. So yeah. it easily passes the Bechdel test. Um, yeah, that was. And even too. romantic comedies don't always do that. No. Cause they'll often be the best friend that the girl talks to. But I mean, basically that's what Lebre- LeBron James's role was. Yeah. He's the sassy best friend. <laughs> he is. <laughs> Uh, I, I was watching something and it, they were like, uh, this is the role that Judy, Judy Greer would get. Because, <laughs> you know, Judy Greer's yeah, been in everything. Poor Judy Greer. I know, poor Judy Greer. Man, apparently she's got she's got her own movie coming out that's like addicted mm-hmm. to Fresno or something. Um, I remember the thing I was going to ask you about because I, I, I definitely heard you groan about it during the movie is that you were – the way Amy's filmed in her bathroom getting ready. See, I don't even remember that happening. When she had that, when they had, the, she was like, she had the TV Oh, on. I don't like the way this, okay. Now I know what you're talking about. I didn't like the way that particular shot was done because there was a TV and the way they were framing the TV in the shot made me kind of queasy because it looked like a shot in shot thing rather than them filming a TV. And so the way that it was shot was almost too nice and it looked like there were two movies going on at once. Oh, and a friend slightly yeah. off center if you're going to do that the tv needs to have the the tv needs to have the space all the way around it so that you can see that it's a tv mm. yeah i think it's um like judd apatow a bit like kevin smith is not so much in it for the visuals as the comedy mm. and so and I, I really love kevin smith so this is not necessarily criticism it's just that judd apatow's when he met when he's framing stuff he's framing it to comedic effect rather than and and to, so that you can hear the dialogue or get some kind of dissonance not necessarily trying to make it look as pretty as possible yeah but the, it wasn't so much that it wasn't pretty as it was it was shot wrong 
Okay. Yeah. Like cinematography wise, you wouldn't do that shot. It wasn't it was weird. framed right. Okay. Um, because she was off. So th- there's a rule of how you shoot things, and mm. it's all to do with you know you can either do a golden triangle rule or a fractals or where you put things rules and of stuff. Three, yeah. And rules yeah. of three and stuff like that, right? So what it what the shot was was she was like up in the corner, so she wasn't pulling focus at all. And then the TV was down in the corner, so it wasn't pulling focus at all. So there wasn't a point, focal point. Yes. Okay. There wasn't a focal point in that shot. Yep. And because of it was no, filming, a, it was a shot of a TV. You have to be really careful now. with how you do yes, that. Yes, because I was watching it and all I was concentrating on was what was on the TV. I was watching the TV. Yeah. And yes. No, now I completely understand. So it was a, it was an odd it was a bad device. It was a bad shot. I, the point was... <laughs> and I hated how that was yeah. framed because it, was, it wasn't point, to do with sexism. No, it was to do with it was bad cinematography. Right, right. <laughs> I, so I thought it had something to do with the way she was... Yeah. It didn't, no, they did really well with framing her. It didn't actually carry the, the point across because the point was that she was had, had the TV on in her house, not you should look at the TV now. Yeah. No, actually... If we're going to talk about framing, I actually thought they did a really good job of framing her because there's these – I've been reading recently about how they will often put, like, women's butts or boobs or whatever in the – Yeah, in the corners the, of the centre square. Is that what right, I mean? yeah. yeah. So, that, so that that's a focal point. I will, I, there's an article on that. I'll link to it. Yeah. Yeah. So – in in this movie, they didn't do that with Amy at all. No, she, her her body was never the focal point, except for when her um she was wearing that really low cap dress, and she was concerned mm. about her boobs, and then they did it. Yes, which I thought was really clever because we should be focusing on them at that point because she's focused on them at that point, and that's actually us getting to uh experience what she's experiencing yeah. rather yeah, yeah. than her being sexualized. It's like oh my my, and I mean I. I felt that very hard. I associated with that. Yeah, no, I totally understood that. <laughs> yes. I, I did actually think of that, your, my wedding in, in your V-neck dress. And I've definitely worn dresses like that. Which, yeah. So um, I completely understood I, where she was coming. Yeah, and she was trying to dress nice. Yeah. And she was like, this is nice. And then she went, oh, it's not nice by these people's standards. And she felt really self-conscious. And I feel, mm. I feel that. Oh, yeah. I felt very like that relatable. many times. It's, um, it's, it's actual um, female gaze. Yeah. So that worked well because you yeah. should be focused on her boobs at that point because she is. And it also, I mean, it's also a symbol of her her power in that she wasn't as the lead in this movie because she'd written it because she was so important to the movie that she wasn't filmed yeah. like that, which was good. It was good. And I, I like, I think um, Brie Larson is really good, Isn't really talented. Great? I'm looking forward to seeing I more keep from her. seeing her in things and where she's like the best kind of she does these really killer supporting performances she's mm. got so much pathos well um she's the lead in short term 12 which oh, is yeah, another one of your favorites from last year from last year yeah i gave it five stars it's excellent really good she was really good in it and she was also in a movie called the spectacular now mm. which has miles teller shailene woodley and brie larson in it that was so bad. He said, I can't do any more. Let's wrap it up. Okay. Uh, now I have to give it a mark and I don't really know what to give it. What are you giving it? Four stars. Oh, wow. Um, That is, yeah, probably. Mm. I feel like my quibbles with it are relatively minor con- compared to what I liked about it. Yeah. Um, And like the aim of a comedy is to make me laugh, right? Mm. So I laughed a lot. Yeah. But I also thought about it for the next day afterwards. Okay. So I didn't think about it for the I'm actually giving it three stars because I just it was good and all but it was not it was just an, another one in a long series of three star movies I've been seeing lately I was amused I had fun I came home I woke up the next day barely able to remember 
what I enjoyed about it. So three oh, stars okay, because I thought about it a lot afterwards because I really liked the inversion of a lot of the tropes that the move that romantic comedies usually mm. go for, and I kept thinking of little examples of how they kept doing that without it being really over the top, mm. like uh, Aaron's role and and yeah. and how he was being the supportive one and how she was the one who was allowed to have the full scope of human. Mm emotions and interactions and, and yeah. feel and and like and being messed up and mm. she was allowed to be really messed up and mean and and mm-hmm. like those are things that you really only see in men because if women do it they think they're not mm-hmm. likable like that it was that kind of real hard meanness mm-hmm. when she really kind of pushes him away and she's really rude and she says you're boring and stuff like that that yeah. Like, you don't usually get to see women do that because they're yeah. like, oh, that's not ni- likable enough. And because she's so unconventional looking, mm. um, she's not at all, you know. And and you can see Bill Hader being the romantic comedy lead opposite somebody who's much more typical Hollywood because they're always casting men who aren't that, yeah, who, know, who, who are, aren't typically but, but attractive. But they're kind of like similarly attractive, the two of them. Yeah. Like, they're kind of. They're, they're like regular skinnier people. than she is. They're like regular people who are a bit who are slightly slimmer than normal or something. But he's skinnier than she is. Like she looks not at all like what most because she's got like big arms and big legs and mm. and you know she's got kind of a chubby face and yeah, all that yeah. sort of stuff. And it's great. I love oh, it. Yeah, yeah, I mean, no, it's I really cool to too. see somebody who doesn't at all look like what you normally see mm. in movies. And so I think that's part of what made her so much more relatable. But then people think they're not. Girls have to be likable. They have yeah. to be sweet. They can never be really mean. And she is really mean. And I liked it. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm just not that big on mean humor, but it did make me laugh a lot. It's not so much the mean humor as getting, like, because I don't tend to enjoy mean humor either. But a lot of the time, we weren't supposed to be laughing, like, at her jokes so much as they were a part of this person that was brought up by a man who and who idolizes a man who is mean. Yeah. And so she got took a lot from that, and then she kind of grows over the course of the movie and stops telling those jokes as much. And mm. and I like that. I like we get to see her be. But also some of those moments weren't humorous. Mm. When she says you were boring, that's not humorous. No, that's her trying to push him away so that he can't dump her first. Yeah. But she gets to be like hardcore mean in that moment. It's good. I like. Yeah. It. It's it's good. Um. Okay. Yeah. I'm still giving it three. But cool. Yeah. Awesome. Um, thank you very much for listening to the Silver Screen Queens podcast. If you'd like to read our show notes, they're on our website, silverscreenqueens.com. You can read Katie's review of Trainwreck or any of the other movies she watches on her blog, silverscreenqueen.wordpress.com. I swear I'm getting there. <laughs> and you can find us on social media at facebook.com forward slash silverscreenqueens at screen underscore queens on Twitter and tumblr.silverscreenqueens.com. Thank you for listening. Bye. Don't forget to rate and review us on iTunes. And if you leave us a review, we will watch any movie that you ask us to watch. Anything. As long as it's not porn. Bye.